Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. We've got a great podcast today talking about running a business through uh, the downturn and the re- and the recovery and also some of the standards we should be holding ourselves to as a profession in uh, recruitment and staffing. But before we do that, a little update from me, Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive, on things that are going on at the REC. Now, data-wise, of course, this is a market like few of us have ever seen before in terms of the scale of demand and also the candidate shortages that we've been talking to government, the media and clients about on your behalf over the autumn. Uh, If you'd like the latest REC data, our report on jobs, that's our October billings data for the industry, was published on the 5th of November. And uh, the latest jobs recovery tracker, that's our measure of all the job ads posted, was published just last Friday on the 12th of November. So worth checking those out on the REC website. Uh, other things going on at the moment, well, we're having fantastic levels of engagement with government. Uh, we recently had a uh, good round table with Paul Scully, the business minister, who has responsibility for regulating uh, the industry over the future plans for the single enforcement body that will uh, uh, will take in the Employment Agency Standards Inspectorate, but also some other things like umbrella regulation that are going to be really important to uh, the industry going forward. That runs alongside, of course, some really great engagement we've had with DWP recently in terms of our uh, partnership agreement. And of course, we're really excited because we're getting towards the 25th of November, which is our first big in-person event for 18 months at the REC, our REC Awards. Still a few places left, the room's almost full. If you'd like to come along, do check that out on the website. It's gonna be a fantastic night celebrating the best of our industry and also the difference that we've made over the course of the pandemic and the recovery. And finally, of course, November is getting towards renewing your REC membership time of year. Uh, you, you should have received an email recently uh, about our 2022 member, uh, membership, and you can check out everything that we're doing for you at rec.uk.com forward slash grow, which sets out our plan for 22. There's lots of exciting stuff to come. And of course, it's your organisation. Make sure you're part of it and we can work together to keep building up the standing and the contribution of the industry uh, across the whole of the UK. Now, someone who I know uh, feels very strongly about those issues is our guest today, and that's Ricky Martin. And uh, let's turn to that discussion now. Well, let's turn to our guest for today's podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Ricky Martin, the MD and founder of Hyper Recruitment Services. Ricky, welcome to the REC podcast. How you doing, Neil? You well? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I'm terming this the uh, Relentless Optimism podcast because you and I are both great boosters for the recruitment industry. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about HRS through 2021 and what you're what you've seen in in your market. Of course, you're you're very science led. Yeah, the last 24 months have been interesting. But if I look at the last 12. We support the life sciences. It's, it's all I care about. I'm a biochemist and all I ever wanted to do since I studied working with cells is how to make science help people and make a difference and found my way into talent. So what have we done the last year? We've been incredibly busy trying to make sure science can help the nation. And I know it sounds like a huge huge thing to say but over the last year i think we've probably never needed science more that we actually 
realise in terms of diagnosing people with COVID, supporting people with a vaccine, continually diagnosing people with or without COVID. So as a result, it's been a really busy time for us. And while that sounds great in a recruitment world in a pandemic, there's still jobs to be hired. It's also had its own challenges because we've had to focus in science in different areas. We didn't hire for COVID diagnostic people two years ago. We didn't hire for a vaccine manufacturers for COVID-19. They were they were vaccine manufacturers for different products and diagnostic for different areas. So we've had to change a lot with some of the customers and some of the roles that we've hired. But yeah, it's been a great period from a recruitment perspective. And I like to think in my own little way through the business, each one of us have been able to change lives purely by getting the right people into the right roles to support the vaccine saves in people's lives. This is a really great worked example of something that we talk about at the REC all the time, about making great work happen. And what what we mean by that, of course, is opening up opportunities for individuals and helping companies to grow or helping research bodies, the public sector to solve big societal problems as you've been doing with your support for the life sciences industry over the last over the last couple of years. And that quick flex, I think, is a theme that lots of REC members will recognize from their own business in terms of either looking into new sectors when when there was nothing in the sectors they traditionally served or shifting shape and many healthcare recruiters leaning towards ICU and away from elective surgeries in the same way as within life sciences you were leaning your business in towards the things that COVID was really driving demand for. Interesting I think because correct me if I'm wrong you basically make a virtue of the sector knowledge that hypers people have you bring in people with science specialism so they're really able to get that kind of high value well rooted conversation going with the clients and the candidates that's a big part of hyper isn't it yeah it's huge for us i mean i've I've always believed that recruitment has two opportunities for people you're either in recruitment because you just want to make a lot of money which is what a lot of people say i think it's a more traditional outlook on recruitment but when i interview a lot of people they're like i want to make money or you go into recruitment because you want to make a big difference to people's lives and as a scientist who wasn't a very good scientist but had an interest in how science prevails, I always like the idea that when I'm working with scientists for something that I studied for, I can help them. And not just because there's an opportunity to make money, which is that more traditional way of looking at a service industry, but because you know what? I really, really do care about what it's trying to do. And every time I hire, I try and look at that ethos of the people that I hire. So two thirds of our workforce have a background in STEM, some type of STEM capacity. So people with a science, tech, engineer or mathematics background. We hire a lot of graduates and industry people with that skill and then teach them the good arcs of recruitment. But there's also people that don't have that background, but are recruitment experts that can bring a recruitment gravitas and get to know the industry. So for me, I'm not reinventing the wheel. There are some fantastic life science recruitment companies out there always have been well before us always will be well after us all i wanted to do is come from an approach which is if you care about that little bit more your business will work if your business works you make a difference science wins covid vaccines get to market people's lives get changed all those things happen as a result of kind of what we're doing here and i think where i've had to focus a lot is over the last Over the last six months of that is I've written a brand new three-year business plan of how we can grow in it. And I think what's always interesting when you've got a business moving and and build upon the principle of 
I care about science. I want other people to care about science to make a difference. When you're building a business plan, you start looking at bigger numbers, more ambitious numbers. It's how do you make that plan stay in track with what you care about, which is people that care about science? Because I can hire a load of recruiters who don't care about science. And ultimately, my business just becomes another Me Too Life Science Recruitment Agency or I go and hire more people that have a STEM background, care about the sector, show them how to recruit in the right ways and give them the opportunity. And it takes time and patience. And when you build a three-year plan, the thing that you don't have as much of is time and patience. So it's been a really interesting six months trying to take that core belief of STEM, loving STEM, caring about STEM, making a difference, and then trying to scale that to the next level. That's really interesting because it goes to the heart of something that I've heard debated amongst recruitment leaders and industry bodies over the last few months, which is, you know, what's the role of strategy in this world, given that things are moving with phenomenal pace in the labour market in every sector. I know we've had a lot of coverage this autumn about shortages in a few really well-reported job roles where absolutely recruiters are making a massive difference in getting as many people as possible into those roles. But actually, we've seen every single local authority here in the UK have rising job ads. We've seen shortage shortages develop in almost every sector. Science, STEM careers generally, but science-led careers we know is an area that has been afflicted by shortages in the UK in the past, and that's what makes a, a strong recruitment industry really important. But that thing about when there's all this flux going on, as a business leader, I was going to say a strategy redundant. You clearly don't think it is redundant because you've just written a business plan, but how does that business plan have to be different in an environment where things are moving this quickly? I think that there's different strategy. To me, it's really important. No matter what the environment, if you get carried away and almost swept away with what's going on, you can lose the real focus of what you're doing. So I think strategy does have to play a part, even though sometimes it's time consuming to think about it and stay true to it. And on occasions, you can miss opportunities of maybe following money, which is what businesses are trying to do. But I think if, you, if you've got a really set plan of what do you stand for? So what do I stand for? I want to change lives. How do I do that? Great scientists into roles to make medicines, to give it to patients, to enable their lives to be saved, aided or improved. Everything about my strategy kept building back to that. But what other considerations? Well, behavioural considerations is the workforce that we need today, the same as the workforce we were hiring two years ago. So what do those people look like? What are the motivators? I think if you hire an experienced recruiter, some of them have are leaving businesses because they don't feel like their company did well by them during the difficult 18 months of the pandemic. They didn't, maybe they were furloughed. And you know, I know a lot of people have gone back to a business post furlough, really engaged with their company because they were kept in touch, communicated with during those months. And I know a lot of people who were literally just completely ignored for six months and, and they feel like they've been kind of let down a little bit. So I think you have to consider the behaviours. People are in a different place than they were 18 months ago, both emotionally how they look at your business how they want to be part of your business you've then got the drivers of those people what is it that drives them it might have been two three years ago the traditional recruitment money 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 but now it might be you know i want to be part of something a company that looks after me i'll look after that company and their customers and we'll make a difference together so i think you have to look at the behaviors of people i think you have to look at the drivers i mean it it sounds an obvious thing and we have to do this with or without pandemic but technologies can your business survive i mean i i know a lot of company who had zero remote ability so they hadn't even looked at things like zoom or t 
Teams, even though they might have been using Microsoft and Microsoft 365, but they've got Teams anyway, they hadn't used those technologies before. So there was a quick learn of how can we use technology to enable our job? And then what got lost on a lot of occasions, how do we engage people when we're not in front of people personally? So I think those considerations have become more so. And if anything, now that we've gradually brought our company back together with some flexibility still that people have that remoteness, but I think the thing that has been lost a lot for a lot of people is purpose. So I talk more about changing life than I did before. And it's all I spoke about. So I, I must come across like a crazy person these days. But giving people that sense of purpose has never been more important. And if your strategy doesn't have a purpose that people can relate and buy into, I think the strategy is flawed. If the strategy doesn't consider the behaviors of the people, both as they start your business, they might feel vulnerable of the last period, or they might feel apprehensive about the future. I think it's flawed. If it's not considering the drivers of those people, so they can be set up for success and they can be recognized not just rewarded because recruitment loves to throw money at things but recognized for their contributions do you do you show them recognition around their peers for the values they demonstrate not just here's here's a night out on the company so i think there are extra considerations into it but keeping the purpose real for many people so they know they're part of something to me it's always been what's been ingrained in me as a leader it's always what i felt has worked best but i think more than ever and to an extent, giving people the ability to build their own brands, their personal brands, because the sum of all parts in a business is always greater than the machine. So the personal brands all my people have, if I look simple terms, the connections everyone has on LinkedIn is always going to be more than your business's LinkedIn followers, unless your business is a mega brand that's been around for ages, that might be something different. And enabling people to demonstrate and flourish in a social world in order to be seen as a player and attract business income. When I say business income, I mean the business that comes into them, not just making the cold call. So considerations have had to change, but strategy is still required. Of course, you still need to consider your basic strategy. Who are our customers? How are we going after them? What's the money we need? How many people do we need? Can we cover our costs? Do we have enough money to run the business? But I think strategy of purpose, behaviors and drivers, to me, has been really key. Yeah, I get where you're coming from there, Ricky. And if I think about some of the discussions I've had with REC members around the country over the last few weeks. And, and last week was the first chance I'd had to actually get a break out of London and get around the country and see a few people face to face. There's a kind of running rumble of two things in the industry right now. One is people. We know we're short, good quality recruitment consultants driven by a year of not starting very many people last year because people wanted to start new uh, starters in the industry when they could be surrounded by people to learn from and driven by frankly some exit of people into other roles during the during the pandemic whereas uh, now of course as you know well the the market for consultants is is red hot and i think why would someone come to work for me and my business is a question lots of firm owners are asking themselves so i absolutely take that and i think as we move forward, some of that, I think, is about the shared responsibility we all have. You know, coming, bringing it back to my relentless optimism approach to the, this podcast, we all have as leaders in the industry, you know, me and as chief executive of the REC, but, you know, big voices in the industry like yourself, to talk about what it is to be a recruiter and the kind of career you can build and really to celebrate the difference that we can make on all sorts of things from helping businesses grow to making a transformative change on inclusion. So there's a, there's almost a kind of 
an individual firm strategy element to this. And then there's just a bit about us as an industry walking with our heads held high. Yeah, I think as an industry, it makes such a difference recruitment. And I think the first time that we spoke, we definitely discussed this topic. But if this industry is seen as what it is, which is an industry that enables people to live more fulfilled, better lives, put food on the table, a roof over their head and live a life full of adventure, this is the most incredible industry that anybody can consider working in. And I think when we get people who now see an industry that can make a difference, and I will talk about how we've supported the life sciences and we've made a difference to COVID. And I mean, I look at one of the Heathrow centres, we've put the majority of the te- the scientists in there to do the, the kind of quick testing in order to enable people to have a holiday or see their loved ones or go on a business trip, how you can enable lives. I think now's the time as an industry for us to club together and talk about what a difference we make and that's the reason i think people are starting to look at this sector more than ever and a commitment that i've always had is if we can get more people talking about how great it is and more people committed to how great it is and more recruiters who are in the sector recognizing what a difference it makes honestly it's the best professional service one can offer i just don't think everybody knows that yet and that's the focus isn't it's professional service so bring it right back to you having people who are highly skilled professional recruiters learning about the science sectors or highly skilled scientists learning how to do recruitment well there's something in there which is the nature of the value added conversation you can have with the client as an individual pull it back to what you were saying earlier about people's brand online as consultants i know more than one member of the rec who's talked to me about thinking they had a great client relationship and finding out how great it was once the person who'd run it was on furlough that sense of it is about the people it is about the advice and some of that then flows back to what you were saying earlier about you know how are we as employers in in the sector as well because you look at inclusion you look at engagement of staff development of staff we've got to be we've got to be exemplars for our clients as part of that sense of selling a big professional service haven't we yeah i mean if you look at it like that if your business doesn't represent the market it's supporting how can it really make a difference to that market and that's where i'm saying at least 75 percent of our business have that background in stem but going past them if you actually sit there thinking well actually the people we hire come from every different walk of life if we don't understand that and talk about that and put that first and foremost on the agenda for the sector, equality, inclusion, diversity, all these things that a lot of people think companies get carried away as buzz terms, they're not. Because if an industry represents the market, it becomes the market. It makes a difference to the market. If recruitment is always, we don't care about knowing this sector. We're all going to be the same type of person. All we're going to do is try and put money in. I promise you, you'll get left behind because the way people are moving or the way people are engaging is changing value add, professional service, empathetic, emotional intelligence, partner to, to industry. And I always say it to my company, my clients and my customers. I'm like, I'm not trying to be a supplier to your sector. I'm trying to be part of your sector. I want, I want you to ring me as a scientist to help you hire a scientist like you'd ring another scientist to collaborate on a project to make science happen. So if your business isn't set up to hire the right type of people that represent your market, both technically, professionally and personally, I, I do think you will struggle as the years go on. And you don't have to be a big, big recruitment company. For me, it's never about being the biggest and it's not about being the best because how do you quantify best? It's just being the one that makes the biggest difference. And by reputation is the one that 
works with companies and does something interesting. I think that's a really good challenge. That kind of broader definition of sustainability. Yeah, I was thinking earlier on while you were talking, you know, what are we looking for from a purely hard-nosed commercial angle? We're looking for a sustainable margin, not a sustainable top line. We're looking for a sustainable return. And what does sustainable mean? It means that we can continue to deliver it as a firm in the context in which we operate as a firm. So that's that piece around purpose. It certainly has an angle on things like uh, net zero, but clearly has an angle on how we do business in terms of the standards we hold ourselves to as, as professionals. And I think that as the industry looks at this new labor market that we're getting now, you're going to want to be reaching out into new pools and finding new things that will help you close vacancies for clients because we are going to be short of labor and skills for some time in the UK. And I, I, the way I tend to position where we are now is that the crisis might be over relatively soon in terms of shortages because things will normalize, but the UK is going to have a tight labor market for many years to come. So for critical skills, you know, you do life sciences, which have long been a critical uh, skills needs need of the UK economy. The real skill is going to be reaching out into places where we haven't gone before and coming up with strategies for attracting people. It's not that sense of recruitment, not as a process business, but as a genuine professional service, I think is, if anything, it's just been more amplified by the events of the last couple of years. But linked to that, of course, is the other big thing that's been amplified over the last couple of years, which is tech and how tech is, you know, we've made a 10, 15 year leap in consumer and corporate use of tech over the last 18 months. How do you see the tech side of how the industry will change feeding into that very clear agenda you have about people in the industry that we were just talking about, Ricky? I always think when recruiters have this problem with tech on the occasion, they always worry that the robots are going to take over our roles. And I think the people side of recruitment, I mean, will always be there, or at least in my lifetime, it will be there. It's a people industry. So recruiters connect people to opportunities. Those opportunities enable them to work with other people and make a difference in what they do. I think the people element of our job is only going to become more and more important. And there are some things you can commoditize a certain volume, short-term purchasing of maybe some type of skills you need at a lower level. But I think that real specialist area needs somebody that sits in between. And as recruiters, we need to find the ways to allow technology to enable in what we're doing. So the lots of things that we, I've been researching and us as a business research in the last 12 months have been, how can we use technology to give a better experience to our customers? So whether that be electronic versions of what we've had in the past, whether that be ways of understanding feedback and engagement, whether that be reviewing the organization, whether that's using an MPS. I've also embraced the way that I understand how my business engages with what I stand for, the purpose of the company, my business, each other themselves. And I've got engagement metrics and technologies for people to complete so we can do an internal measure of engagement as well as looking at customers from an external. So technology should be there to enable what we do. But I think some of the priorities that people have in recruitment will evolve. So understanding that the journey our customers go on is a positive one. It's one they'd recommend and one they'd like to keep coming back to work into will provide more sustainable margin as you said it for organizations but also help us to get better at our service because if we don't care about how good our service is do we really care about our service at all so i've spent a lot of time researching different technologies to think where can we get better at parts that we do where can i 
recognize my staff for values and quality of work, not just pound signs written up and deals done. So I think technology is always going to be there. It's nothing that we should be fearful of. I think we need to understand the technology that helps to engage people, whether that be internal or external. And that's external, both with candidate journeys and client journeys. But I do think considerations for reviewing, recommending, suggesting, I think that will become more and more apparent as time goes on in our sector because it's a people industry and people trust other people's opinions. And if we can see what those opinions are, we're going to work with those companies more and more. Yeah, Rob McCargo, who's a good friend of the REC, who's heads up AI work with PwC, is fond of saying the robots aren't here to steal your jobs. They're just here to take away the dull bits. And there's an element of that in what you've just said. If we think about where where the difference making things are, they're in the conversations. It's, you know, where's your client's business now? Because it wasn't, it isn't where it was 18 months ago. What are the pain points they experience in their talent planning? And and then how can you talk them through that and work out how you can help? That's a fundamentally human process. If the delivery side of that is eased by uh, high quality developments in technology to build on everything that we've put into play over the last decade in the sector so much the better but you can see the mirror image of that client conversation on the candidate side as well especially as you were pointing out earlier with a wider range of candidate drivers than maybe we've seen previously in terms of this focus on working for a company i want to work for that i know how they'll behave if something untowards happens, such as a major global pandemic. So there's a real piece there about the skill set we need to have as a sector. But it feels, Ricky, completely aligned to that purpose discussion we started off with, doesn't it? Which is, if we do this well, it's an opportunity for the sector to make a massive difference. It's exactly that. I mean, everything keeps coming back to the same thing. I think, in my opinion, it's purpose for people i think those two and and i'm going to throw in their positivity as well because obviously you've got to be positive in difficult scenarios the pandemic's been difficult for so many people and i always sit here saying when i spoke to some recruitment owners they're like it's all right for you to support the life science i'm like it is it is okay however we've still had our challenges in terms of engaging with our workforce and finding better ways of doing it some of our customers like it was like the last recession i remember well overnight perm fell off a cliff Everybody stopped wanting them because they're uncertain how they would hire, how they would engage and adding value to customers and giving them confidence made that a bit easier. So even though we might have had a more buoyant sector than others, it's also meant there's a whole bunch of clients that we work with before who've stopped hiring because a lot of what happens in science is you invest a lot of money at an early stage to try and get a return at a later point. And, and on average, it takes 12 and a half years to come up with a brand new idea of a medicine and make that commercially viable in the market and cost you a billion dollars. So a lot of money and a lot of time to get there. So when the pandemic hits, what do companies do? They focus on where the revenue is. So they focus on the medicines at the end of the market or on this example, focus on how they can get a COVID product to market to make quick money rather than the product they're working on for 12 and a half years. So every market's been difficult. But I've gone a long way around saying remaining positive in that scenario helps. Focusing on your people, internal and external is going to make a big difference. And giving everyone a sense of purpose behind that. I mean, they're my three P's, purpose, people and positivity. If I give three things right now, it's P cubed. I think P3 is P cubed. P cubed right now is what we need to be doing to survive in this market and, and develop therefrom. So we'll go algebraic here. PQ is equal to RO, relentless optimism, which is the strategy I came into this podcast with. Ricky, that's been fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. And as we wrap up, 
how can people find out a bit more about Hyper? The best way to find out more about us, I mean, you've got your simple channels, of course. You've got the website will tell you a lot about us, news and bits and pieces, but probably the best way to find out about us is to look up our LinkedIn page. Just go on LinkedIn, type in Hyper Recruitment Solutions, you will find us. Or if you want to do something different, just look for me, Ricky Martin, on every platform, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'm Ricky Martin 247 is my handle because it's Ricky Martin 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what I offer. But that's probably the best way I talk about the company enough or the company directly. So any of those channels, you'll find me, you'll find out more about the company thereof. Ricky, great to talk to you today. Thanks very much. Perfect. Thanks, Neil. Thanks very much. Well, thank you again to Ricky for joining us today. Uh, what a great chat that is and a real inspiration from someone who has had such an interesting story of how he's built his career. Very few leaders and owner operators of uh, of businesses have worked with Lord Sugar, been on The Apprentice, been a professional rec- uh, wrestler and, and also uh, one total wipeout. What a uh what an inspiring guy all around now if you've really enjoyed that chat a couple of recent episodes that might be worth picking up if you'd like to dig in a little further the last episode of the pod episode 21 was a a, a discussion with the employment minister mims davis about our partnership and also everything that we can do together to help make the best of the recovery and linked to that of course a nice strong podcast about youth unemployment a big part of the challenge that mims is focused on uh, with laura jane rawlings and michelle meller episode 19 about what can be done locally to support uh, youth unemployment as a way of closing those candidate shortages. So lots on, on there. You can see the whole back catalogue for uh, for this year and last year uh, on the website. Do dig in further and we'll be back soon with another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon. And check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.